I'm Lacey. And I'm Kippen. We're two friends who love to get lost inside a great story. And we're welcoming you to our own little book club. This is One Page More, a podcast. Remember when once upon a time you told me that you were very squeamish and you didn't like gross parts of books? (laughs) I specifically... I'm going to talk about that during this podcast. Don't worry, honey. Calls. How did you even read this? Oh. I, 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 this was, I put the book down and I was literally, I, it was bad. It really was. All the, all the like nasty descriptions of people like split the freaking man where it came out of his um, Adam's apple and it just like brought. <laughs> okay okay let's go let's go let's go all right today we are talking about these violent delights hello it's kippen <laughs> lacy here i just finished this book today um it is a whoo it is an action adventure-ish um book I, think of like a quentin tarantino movie in a in a book set in the 1920s in Shanghai um there are and it's a play on Romeo and Juliet so the two main characters are Juliet Sai and um Roma Mankinov I think and he's part of a Russian gang she's part of a Chinese gang there are warring factions within Shanghai Roma and Juliet had a relationship whenever they were in their teens something happens and they break it off she goes to America for like five years now she's back and there is a mysterious plague taking over Shanghai and they are both uh, tasked by their parents to figure out what's going on and they end up kind of combining forces to figure it out the end great synopsis gracious (laughs) i received this book in i think it was november so this is a freshly published for my book of the month book club by the way so this is a freshly published book um by chloe gong and it was not what i expected i i gotta say i did not give her enough credit when i read it was romeo and juliet i was expecting a lot more tropes, a lot more true to what I believed it would be. And I was pleasantly surprised by this book. Okay. I would say, oh, what, what was your ranking? What was your rating? Your star oh. rating? This is a hard one for me too. Yeah. Don't worry. I'm, I think I'm going to go 3.75. I think yeah. I'm going to say it. If you are into creepy monster stuff, uh, lots of action, like if you're a certain kind of gal, then this book is like probably like a five star for you. I'm not quite that kind of gal. I could appreciate it, and I did really enjoy it, but I I would not have like I'm not going to read this genre over and over again. That's for sure. I don't even know if I'm going to finish this finish the series because there were some parts of it that I was like, eh, not for me. But I thought it was really well written and exciting and she kept like you were saying like she kept out of the normal um i don't know like the little box of romeo and juliet like she played in that world in a really interesting way which i liked so yeah i'm gonna give it like a three and a half star rating well should you read it or should you listen to it oh good point did you like the audiobook i really did i thought that the narrator was really good um the one downside was that 
all of her male characters sounded exactly alike. I mean, I could pretty much keep up with who was who, but I mean, they'll talk like this. Like, <laughs> everyone talk like this. So that was a little weird, but I liked how she did Juliet specifically. She kind of had this like bratty, uh, almost California girl, but not as like dumb, you know, voice. And I, I really liked that. Some of it was how you said about other books where you wish that you could kind of skim ahead. I did wish that I had that ability in some of the scenes in this book, but we'll get there. Having a physical book, I think was really nice. Was, um, the very beginning to me was a little bit slow. Once I got going, it was really nice to have the book in hand. Um, when it came to the one of the most climatic parts of the book, I cannot lie. I was up till like one thirty, which is just like ridiculous considering my baby's up all night and early in the morning. But I just really wanted to like finish the book. So it was really nice to have the book in hand and just kind of flip along. So I, I think this is probably a great one to physically have the book and read along. And if you're a collector of books, I don't, I don't hold on to a lot of books, but this book has a beautiful cover, like really pretty cover art. Yes, check out uh, at One Page More podcast where you will see a photo of it as soon as this episode airs. Especially pretty for what like a gruesome book this was. I was not kidding when I said that this is the Tarantino book, like in book form. There is so much murder in this book. <laughs> she, she for sure goes into this whole like gangster, like you really can't care too much about people shtick because literally left and right people's up and down yeah i at some point i had to kind of flip that switch off in my brain where i was like okay in this setting just because they're killing people is not going to affect how i like them um from the top i loved the character we're gonna go into spoilers now i love juliet i thought that that character was so sharp and so like rude nasty mean but also somehow charming and lovable it is so nice to have like a protagonist that you actually like yes i truly rooted for she had so much like baggage and she could be really hard but she also I like that wasn't like her full personality. Like, you know what I mean? It was the mixtures of the hard and the soft. I cannot stand whenever an author tries so hard to have this like total bad A that you're like, okay, I don't care. You know, yeah. it's like whatever. But she really had like a lot of elements where like, you know, she's packing. She's got her like her knives and all her other like things on her. But then at the same time, like she did have compassion for people. And, you know, she'd think about. I don't know, this different like tragedies in her own life and like feel sadness. So I really like that she wasn't like very like one dimensional. She had a lot of, um, a lot to her. Well, and props to the author for being able to juggle all of that because she says again and again that like her, who she cares about is her people. She wants her city to thrive. Like she's been living in New York. She has a lot of money. She could have stayed in New York and been comfortable and not had to worry about any of this for the rest of her life. But she was like desperate to come back and like be a part of the community. And I mean, part of that community is also being like a gangster and like 
she also calls out that part of it that like these aren't good people at the end of the day like what they have is not really helping in the same way and julia is kind of jaded about that too but i like that's really what makes her shine for me is that it's not really about personal gain for her like she does what she does and she puts on this hard exterior because she knows that she has to prove herself because she's female but she does want to be better than the people that came before her and she does want something different she loved her people she loved Shanghai, but she also like really did see like there's the two sides of it. So yeah, Juliet was a great lead. She was lots of fun. I will say I was so like head over heels with her and Roma. I'm obsessed with Roma. I just kept thinking about this like really handsome Russian, like tries to be bad, but just has his heart on the sleeve, like rich. I just like, okay, if, uh, love it. <laughs> Love it, I love, loved Roma too because on the flip side, like where Juliet is like all sharp edges, he's really just a softy. She again, she brought that out without like beating you across the head with it. There's a scene where they're you know playing a drinking game basically to like get information, and Juliet is like drinking this guy under the table, and Roma like passes out on the floor, or you know his tenderness for his sister, or um his like his relationship with his dead mother like all of these things i yeah you could not love him that too is it's not that i need the female to always be a hard-edged person but it's just it's just kind of like nice for me to read sometimes i think because we talked um about other books where they we kind of just don't find that or like where the female is too passive and i think i just find that extremely unrelatable so i loved this kind of like hard and soft of between the two of them and not even just them but also like their town they just lived so i really enjoyed so shanghai at this point is basically in four different quadrants there's the russian quadrant which roma i assumed his last name was montagov it's spelled like that that's like the the literal pronunciation is what i assumed phonetically i, I think I, that's what she says in the in the audiobook okay all right so the montagovs are over the russian side mm -hmm. and then it's the there's is it a, there's a french side uh of course the chinese side with which the kais are over and then who's the other side the british um yeah it's like all of the Europeans that have come into Shanghai. That other little sign. So I really was like right away, like, oh, like that's actually, and it's also apparently historically true, which I was like, oh, okay. I didn't know anything about. So I really liked how she blends in these like fantastical elements with these historical elements. She's got the romance building. And yeah, I really, really liked it. How did you feel about like, their little kind of, um, I don't know how you'd say it, like their little crews. Like Juliet had her girls and Roma has her, his guys. I, this is a trilogy, which I did not know before we picked it or read it, but. Oh, I thought it was just two books. There's three. I think oh, it's a gosh. trilogy. <laughs> yeah. So I just. Uh, Kathleen makes sense. 
Rosalind seemed a little empty to me. Um, I felt like they could have, I don't know, maybe she'll come in later. Ros, I know Rosalind comes in a little bit more. I don't know. Isn't Rosalind in Romeo and Juliet like Romeo's ex boy ex girlfriend that he's like kind of rebounding from? That is a great question. I have not read nor seen Romeo and Juliet since like the ninth grade. Yeah, it's been a long so time for me too. I cannot remember. It actually. That, have you ever seen the Baz Luhrmann version with Leonardo DiCaprio in it? Mm, I don't think so. Okay, you should watch that because it reminds me a lot of this book. Not the monster part, but like the gangster part for sure. Interesting. I I loved uh, Roma's like what, what were the names? Marshall and Benedict. Yep. Uh, Juliet, I don't know how I felt about her cousins. One thing it taught, I just, I was wondering how true to life it would have been where it talked about her cousins uh, were triplets. One of the sisters died. Um, and one of the, basically she had a, her cousin was trans and like was passing as the sister. And I just kind of, and nobody knew about it. And I just kind of kept being like, is this real? Like, will this happen? Wait, is that what happened? Yeah, well, okay. It never explicitly says it, but it talks. So Kathleen, it says they had, um, it said, remember there was a point where it was talking about the, a lady's like, oh, I don't recognize you to Kathleen. And she kind of like just goes on her way. And then it talks about how the, one of the sisters died. And it specifically says they were not close to that sister. And uh -huh. I'm and I just, and like, and said that the father said like, because she gave herself her own name. Celia, I think, was yes, her name. Celia. But the father said, no, basically for you to be safe, you have to take your sister's name, Kathleen. And that's why I kept being like, one thing, there's a very progressive father. Two, <laughs> two, nobody in the family recognizes there's not a difference. Right. I totally. It was a lot of stuff that I was like, hmm. I totally missed that part. I got that there was a dead sister but I'm like, why does he want her to be Kathleen? I don't understand. Wow. That like opens up a whole new avenue to this book. But again, it's just kind of like a drop in the bucket. So I'm kind of like, okay, is this going to come into play later on? Is that going to be an issue for her? Like, is she going to be persecuted because of that, et cetera? Well, it, I felt like it was leading up to a romance. This is like a minor plot point we're getting off on, but I felt like it was leading up to a romance with Marshall. So I also was like, are we going to, are we going to go there? Are we going right. to explore this? Well, there's also kind of like a thing between Marshall and Benedict, like an underlying current there. Also true. Listen. So maybe they're setting up for like a, I don't know, a love triangle of sorts. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Now Very I got to think about that. Cause you're right. I didn't even consider. Okay. All yeah. right. Right. Maybe we will have to return to sh the banks of Shanghai. Um, so the undercurrent of this whole book is that there is a strange disease that literally makes people rip their own throats out. I cannot get my head around how anyone could use their own fingers and fingernails to rip through their flesh and kill themselves. Like, is that even physically possible? I don't know, but Chloe Gong's description had me so... <laughs> nauseous it, it is spine tingling oh my gosh I, I, that was hard for me 
It really was. It was he, it was it, it was engrossing in the point that I'm like, okay, that's interesting. I want to keep going, but it was disgusting to read about. Yeah. If you like horror at all, then you will like this book. I mean, it's not full horror, but it is very creepy, gory, very gory. Um, like for me, I could get past the throat ripping. What made me want to retch and die is that they eventually find out that the reason this is happening is that there's these little bugs, like these little creatures that are like lice and they're burrowing into people's skulls and their scalps and they're infecting their brains. And at one point, Marshall has to like cut somebody's scalp open and pull one out and like brain pieces come. It was so nasty like oh i hated it <laughs> i really hated it there are a handful of descriptions in this book that if you are school like like i for instance my child got got hurt the other day and i thought i saw like blood squirting out of her mouth and i had to send her <laughs> to her father i was like graham <laughs> take care of her <laughs> Um, so that's a kind of like, if you're like that, but even, or even more so, this is not your book. This is not your book, but <laughs> it to the good part about that or about this book is it balanced it a lot with, um, with the romance. I, of course, you know, there's this, will they, won't they, I go into the book and I'm thinking, okay, I know somebody's going to die at the end, probably right. both bodies. So I was very very hesitant but i i really i rooted for their romance on like as soon as they met in that club in that like very first opening scene where he defies um the logic and mm-hmm. and you know he enters into the scarlet territory so scarlet or the whatever the chinese Dang, yeah right and then the white flowers are the russians whenever he came into their club i literally was like yes that's what i want to see i want to see the bravery I want to see the devotion. This was an enemies to lovers relationship that I could totally get behind because it makes sense. They have a lot in common. I also like how throughout this book, they both speak like four languages and they'll kind of like flip back and forth between them. I thought that she used that well so that it was it made it interesting and you believed that these characters could actually do that and it kind of added to their cred rather than just being like pompous or pretentious i actually that was one of my notes for the book is and it's not just them because it kind of talked a little bit about how they you know were obviously raised a little bit differently but they had a little bit more money of course than everybody else but almost everybody is at least bilingual but most people are trilingual and i thought like okay like i don't really get that but apparently that's very true to life where because of everything going on in the city people needed to be and so they just pretty much were about then so i was like okay once i kind of got further in the book and it kind of explained that i'm like okay at first i thought it was very unbelievable where you know it's like uh in outlander where poor old james frazier is like a linguist in like six Mm -hmm. languages and i was like it's just too much but in this one i'm like okay if you're using it in your day-to-day life i could understand it meanwhile Roma's little sister is then infected with the disease and they are able to save her by like making her unconscious so she can't 
choke herself out or whatever there are a few plot holes around this like i'll give it to her whatever because at the end this girl does not die um and i thought that was a little strange like actually throughout the book there's a lot of people die but they're all like stock characters there's no one like super important who you love that ends up dying which i was a little like uh, perturbed if i'm reading and watching a book i never want something like that to happen but at the same time if it's literally like 50 other characters dying i know that in my heart of hearts i need to take a loss like yeah. you know what i mean it's like oh it's not believable there's no way that all of these people have like uns you know left unscathed right have like a cute like it's i say cute answer. relationship with it. right cute without being cute it's like yeah. believable it's like what you would expect to seriously have in a relationship if you have that kind of personality yeah the two of them every time they go on like a little escapade i was literally like fingers crossed like okay this this is the time this is the time <laughs> well I yeah wanted i wanted them to get together so badly but a lot of that was she held off on this you know on all these like what was really keeping them apart or like what originally happened i felt like it took a little bit a little like several hundred pages same like into the book before they really kind of got to that point where i was thinking if this was me that would have been the very first thing out of my mouth. I'm like, mm -hmm. you know, I'm like, there. I would have never had that kind of self-restraint. I liked the trickle of information as a reader. I felt like it kept me intrigued. But you're totally right. Like, I don't, especially somebody like Juliet. Like, although she is extremely prideful. So maybe she doesn't even want to, like, go there and and drag it all out. Because it's kind of like okay, you were just playing me all along. Uh, she, it's almost like she doesn't want to admit that they were ever in love. And so she's willing to believe that he betrayed her from the get-go and that it was never real. What makes a book good to me is when you have a good romance that I am rooting for, that you hold it out long enough. Mm -hmm. Because you're right, by then I'm like, oh my gosh, like you guys deserve to be together. Like you're both great people, even though you both have your flaws. And I felt like they, she kind of worked through a lot of their issues enough to the point that I'm like, good, y'all, you know, you're really wanting that relationship to happen. They also were super quippy. They had a lot of like funny little things they would say back and forth they i'm trying to think what was a good one thing i guess i didn't get as much is i felt like she that there was a lot going on in the city at the time it talks about like all the different foreigners and all the the different kind of struggles and challenges they're going through i felt like she brought in a lot of things they had to solve with like the the communist you know mm -hmm. they're trying to figure all that out the gang stuff of course there's the actual monster there's the relationship so i felt like there was just so many things they were juggling i agree and at the very end when it all kind of comes together i do feel like there's some corners that are cut but at that point there is so much going on that i i was glad that she kind of just made it work and got to the point the communist part and like learning about that happening in the city was not as interesting to me but i also feel like kind of a brat saying like i feel like kind of a dum-dum saying that and it was like i was way more into the monster stuff and the romance and not like 
the real stuff that actually happened. Well, um, well, that's what I mean, though. It's like either the book has to either be historical fiction or, you know right. what I mean? Like you can have it all, but you do have to focus on just a couple points unless yes. it's going to be a thousand page book. Right. Something I want to talk about is Paul. What is his last name? It doesn't really remember. Weber? Really matter, yeah, something like that. Uh -huh. He, so he shows up early in the book, and he's trying to like convince Juliet's gang to sell his new drugs from the West, and he, you can tell he's very enamored of Juliet, and so he's just kind of this creepy guy. She totally brushes him off, um, kicks him out the door, whatever. Well, he comes back later, and then it's kind of revealed that he not only started this plague. But he's also selling a vaccine for the for the plague. And so all throughout the book, when it's talking about like getting vaccinated and all that stuff, that was like kind of eerie just because of where we're at in our own history. And I'm just like, oh, like it's just creepy to think about. Um well, and two, it it leaves it up where it's like he's selling a he's selling the drug, but it's like People are getting like 50-50 stakes. So it's like half the people are receiving the drug and the other half are getting like a placebo and he's not telling them. And I also, right, I'm like right now like scratching my neck where I'm like, oh my gosh, like <laughs> imagine me waiting literally over a year for the COVID vaccine and then I'm giving a placebo. Exactly. This is what I didn't understand though. Where did, how, like he was trying to sell this drug to Juliet as like a street drug that he wanted her to push for him. But like, how does that fight the bugs? Like, how are these people not getting high off of this vaccine? Well, there's, there's a lot going on here where it's also like this guy was apparently like he was out in plain sight, but yet no one knew who what was yeah. it called? The Lark Larkspur. Larkspur. Yeah. Larkspur. But there was, there was too much here. I'm like, this man can't do everything. There's, right. you're giving him too many hats. So uh -huh. I agree. It was, was a little, stuff. it was yeah. a little muddy there. There was also a really creepy point where she's not, she doesn't really know how Paul like plays into the whole thing, but she needs information from him and she ends up going back to his apartment with him. And he's like, I have a gift for you and whips a cloth off. And there are three portraits that he has painted of her. Like what? Throw him into the fire. It was she... it was very like um like a Hannibal Hannibal Lecter yes. kind of. Uh, you need to get away. He's Please escape. Break. And she even mentions like she couldn't wait to go home and like throw them in the garbage. But she was way less freaked out by that than I felt like it was warranted. Like that's full stalker behavior. She was very, and well, that's one of the reasons I like Juliet, though, is she's super, like, like while this man's gone, she's rifling through his papers, that's and not true. just his house, also, at, like, the, what was it, he was, like, a general secretary of the communists, like, powerful people, she did not give a dang, she was like, I know I'm powerful, you know, I can, I can hold my own, if you come after me, I'm gonna pull out this knife out of this, like, random slit in my dress, and I will cut your throat and kill you. She sure. also, this woman up and killed so many people during this book, and oh, like true. in cold blood, a straight up no regret kind of situation. Mm -hmm. She did not give a dang. Yeah, the thing that really killed me was at the very end when Larkspur kind of. I mean, they think he tricked them. He didn't really trick them. I don't know. 
what he meant to do, but they end up killing the wrong guy. And she just like straight up shoots him in the chest, does not ask questions, does not hesitate at all. And even Roma like is not quite so cold blooded as Juliet. And that, that one to me hurt a little bit. I was like, and she, she felt a lot of grief for that kill. So maybe that was important say, to show her you humanity. You say a lot? I mean, she, Not was, a lot. she was crying. She felt hesitant. <laughs> but if I would have killed, some, if I would literally like accidentally yeah. run over somebody that like ran in the street or, you know what I mean? Like do like a total, total accident. I would. Inconsolable. Yeah. So she was, she was so hardened by this point. She, you know, like a single tear is like, okay, that means a lot. It's true. Let's talk about the monster really quick. The, like the final reveal of the monster was so sickening to me. I wanted to skip it, honestly. Like the thought of something crawling out of the holes of a monster's back and infecting everyone makes me want to die. It also doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, like how all these bugs are growing inside of him, but I that okay. As it gets to this this point, this is the the last like 20 pages are the most gruesome. Yes. I really right now I'm talk I've got goosebumps right now I I truly do. When I got to that point in the book, it was like a super late night and I was reading it. I was upstairs by myself. I was so. It's like that feeling I get whenever I hear like I'm like listening to something about like a serial killer and I get this like super uneasy, yeah, almost like a scared like oh mm-hmm. it was it was it was too much. It oh is called gosh. anxiety. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it really is it gosh. was a lot it was like it reminded me of just a good old-fashioned like monster movie nastiness and they're like but it was very exciting like them chasing him through the streets and running down to the wharf and all of that i really liked how this book wrapped up did you see the little twist coming at the end where she kills marshall but not really. She's hiding him in a safe house. Marshall, first of before we find out, before we find out that she has saved Marshall, uh-huh. when I read that she shot Marshall, here I am thinking, hold on. The best, most funniest character I know. That, is, that, is, that is bringing a little bit of joy in a dark, sad time. It's <laughs> now dead I, on the floor. I, I, Benedict hollering and yelling. A tear's coming to my eye and I'm like, <laughs> how dare you? Well, and I thought for sure he was dead because in Romeo and Juliet, that would have been Mercutio. And that's who dies. Well, who dies first? Mercutio dies. Plague upon both your houses, the whole thing. Um, This was an expert level twist, in my opinion. I did not see that coming at all. I thought for sure that this was the sacrificial lamb of the book. Well, I did too. And it was very much mirrored um, what is the... Roma, whenever he talks about like why he killed their servants, was basically so he didn't have to harm her. He knew somebody had to pay. Mm-hmm. And so that's, you know, it was kind of that same like eye for an eye concept. So I was like, okay, you know, like I said, I'm upset by it. But I was like, okay, I can understand it from like a 1920s gangster perspective. Right. But I also was just thinking like this, it's one thing, well, it's one thing to kill somebody. <laughs> no thing to kill somebody you love it's no thing to kill somebody you love in front of you you know there's so right. many so many layers here what got me 
and what already ticked me off, and I hadn't even read the second book because it's probably not even out for another year or so, is at the very end of the book, she's, you know, I think she's like, I don't know if she says it or like monologuing or what, but she's like, I can't tell Benedict or Roma. They've got to believe it's real. And I'm already like, honey, put your head on a spike. I Throw know. the relationship in the trash. I Just forget know. it. <laughs> it's true. Why not just like, I don't know. Just be like, hey, keep this a secret. Pass them a note. I, don't, just... don't tell anybody. This is a deep secret between us. You'll be happy. Like, oh my gosh. It's the... It doesn't. Yeah. It, what kills me is, and this it's not just this book, but it's like all these authors act like you. They have to suddenly write like Roma sprinted into the streets proclaiming, Marshall is not dead. He is right. alive. I'm like, <laughs> just keep it a secret. Especially Roma. Roma could keep it a secret. He's good at keeping secrets. So now I'm expecting the dang backlash that Benedict is literally fixing to go and end Kathleen's life. <sighs> I will tell you, I would love love to see this it's a show just like the glamour of the 20s her little finger waves that she talks about her like red lipstick her like Juliet's whole look um handsome Roma very stoic and tall and brooding I just think it would be an amazing Guillermo del Toro movie actually I think this also would be super fun. It, it's got a, it's got all the right elements. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's like any good special parts we skipped out. I love oh the masquerade scene to me. How how does one get invited <laughs> to a party such as this? Well, if you can time walk, that would help. I don't know. Maybe after COVID times, if we ever live in the same city again, we should throw a masquerade ball. I have heard of, I've read hundreds of masquerade ball stories, I feel like. And I'm like, can this be me? Can one day I wear like a swan mask and an insane like <laughs> wedding dress, please? Uh, you know what? Maybe when you turn 30, we can make something happen. That sounds fun to me. Actually, with, our, sounds... with our two husbands that will refuse to dance. <laughs> that will refuse to dance and grandma wear a costume and literally cuss the whole night. He will literally be like, why do you do this to me? You hate me. He'll lose his mask in the bathroom. <laughs> or he, or better yet, I'll spend like five hours making it and he'll refuse to wear it. Like... <laughs> You know what? As long as you look good, then that's all that matters. I just need an Instagrammable moment. All right. This was definitely a book that took me out of my book comfort zone, and I enjoyed it. I thought it was really fun. Yeah, this is a great new read. I I would for sure read the following book. I plan to read it because left on that like insane cliffhanger, I need to know more. So That's true. We find out that, you know, there's more bugs where that came from basically <laughs> i gotta say chloe gong she she did what i would have thought would have almost been impossible and made me really really enjoy this book actually as i'm talking about this i'm wanting to give the book high rating than what i did because i did actually really like it i've truly enjoyed our discussion on it yeah so. it was really good and i think for a specific type of reader it would just like blow their minds i actually want my dad to read this he's always asking me if there's a book you know lately that he would like and most of the time it's a big fat no but i do think he would enjoy this right if you're out there kevin 
<laughs> Enjoy. He's one of our loyal listeners. <laughs> All right. Nighty night. Bye, Kevin. Bye. This has been One Page More. Thanks for listening. Please leave us a five-star review.